This is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, and notifier button so you can be aware whenever a new episode is available. Also, leave a comment and a review. We would really appreciate that. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. I'd like to take this time to thank our sponsor, RX Smart Gear. Dave and his team have developed the perfect jump rope to counter common performance miscues, which in turn enhance the learning experience. They have an ergonomic grip and a swivel connection for better accuracy, and the resistance levels have helped with better timing. And the custom sizes promote proper form and technique. It's built durable to stand up to the rigors of intense workouts, and it was in fact prescribed to help you get better. That's how the RX Smart Gear Jump Rope was born. Dave Newman and his team have been a great partner for us in the podcast, and we appreciate him so much for all of his support. So don't forget to use the Clydesdale 15 discount code at checkout and get 15% off your order at rxmarkgear.com. And don't forget that that excludes new releases and special editions. We are so excited to now have Mobility Movement as a partner. Their holistic approach to recovery is second to none. This is not just a program that helps with your flexibility and mobility. It also assists with stress release and sleep, two key factors in overall recovery. The website gives you a plan for, for each week, saves your favorites, gives you sleep protocols, has a specific protocol for your first week joining, and then there are these new things called open snacks, which are super cool. Here you are given quick warm-ups and cool-down protocols for the open wads, featuring elite athletes Allison Scuds and Saxon Panchik. And who doesn't need recovery after those open workouts? The extensive library available to you is both vast and diverse. If you want to try Mobility Movement, go to mobilitymovement.com. That is mobilitymnt.com. And make sure you use our code CLYDESDALE20, all caps, to get 20% off your first six months. That's mobilitymovement.com, mobilitymvmnt.com. Use code Clydesdale20 to get 20% off your first six months. I've been using this since the first of the year and I am sleeping better than I have in so many years. And with all the back issues I've had over the last five years, this has given me so much relief and I'm able to work out four to five times a week without any pain at all. So go to mobilitymovement.com, that's mobilitymvmnt.com, and use Clydesdale 20 to get 20% off your first six-month subscription. Hey everyone, we are sitting here with the two Matts, O'Keefe and Fraser. Uh, Matt O'Keefe, this is his fourth appearance on our podcast. I think that is the new record. Um, And so I think one more time you get the jacket. More, more uh, than Charlie's, more than Charlie's been on actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And we have the five-time champion, Matt Fraser with us. We're going to talk all things uh, Matt and Matt and uh, a little bit of HWPO, um, maybe some podium, a little bit of that. And I just finished your book last week, Matt. Oh, awesome. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Oh yeah. So, so let's, I want to first get into, we, Matt was one of our first ever guests and we're at like this episode 250. So Matt talked about how the two of you met. I'm sorry. O'Keefe talked about how you two met and um, that it was a sponsor athlete relationship. How did that bloom into the friendship it is today? Oh man. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of different factors that went into it. Um, you know, um, you know, when, when he first approached me to sponsor me, you know, he had an, uh, an apparel company, Redline Gear, and, uh, and, you know, I I didn't know what to think of him. You know, I was like, hey, like, I don't know what you're doing with this, but, you know, if you if there's free t-shirts, t-shirts involved, I'm in. And, uh, and, you know, we just started traveling more and more, and he was offering to help more and more, and, you know, I, I couldn't figure out his angle. Um, you know, I just assumed that he was – you know, saving up enough favors to ask for one in return or something. Um, and then, and then we, we came to the point where, you know, I started having some uh, success in the space and then some bigger sponsors started coming in, but uh, you know, O'Keefe owned my rights uh, for apparel. And, and, you know, he just said, 
you know, we had these offers and he was like, Hey man, I'm not going to stand in your way. They're, they're offering something I can't compete with. We'll just void our contract. So, you know, I'm not getting in the way of this amazing opportunity. And that's, that's when I think that was the final, you know, the final thing that happened that I was like, okay, he's, he's just here to be, you know, the best service to the athletes as possible. Um, and then after that, you know, he had, he had my trust without me ever, ever questioning it. And, uh, you know, it just kind of blossoms in, from there, you know, anyway. Um, sorry, I just got a phone call. I'll, uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it just kind of, kind of grew naturally over a couple of years. And then I would say probably by two, two years in, um, you know, I'm not getting on an airplane without him by my side. I'm not getting, you know, I'm not traveling anywhere without his help. I'm not doing any deals without him without his approval or his critiques to it. Um, and then, you know, he's had my coach's band every year at the game. So he's been there through, through the highs, through the lows, through everything. That, that is awesome. And I, I say this every time O'Keefe is on those red line shorts were the best ever made. <laughs> oh man. We, we have some <laughs> funny awesome. stories about those, like the, the size that I had to wear to, you know, they were huge on my waist, but, uh, but like tight around my, my quads and ass. And, and I never realized how, how big they were on me. And so my, my wife, Sammy always jokes. She's like, I, I never saw your kneecaps until like three years into our relationship. Cause these shorts hung so low. <laughs> and then like, I had, I had a few pairs that, you know, they were broken in, they were nice and soft. They fit me really well. And O'Keefe kept trying like, Hey man, here, here, take some new shorts, take some new shorts. And I'm like, I'm like, no, no, I like these ones. I'm good. I'm good. I didn't realize that, you know, he, he was like, dude, those shorts are so old and they look like shit. Like, please put on a new pair. And I'm just like, no, these are my cozy ones. You know, they, they're all broken in. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So I want to, I, this is going to be a little more involved question in your book. You talk about how you have to have two kinds of mentalities. One that you are invincible and the other is that you are overrated. And on the surface, on the surface, that seems very ca- counterintuitive. But I think as I read the book, I kind of get it. That around you, you don't want any negative thoughts. You want to feel invincible. But during the competition, you want to feel overrated that you have to prove something. You know, I actually think it's probably more uh, the other way around. Um, it was when I was training, um, actually, no, I mean, I mean, both, both feelings were there in competition and training, you know, so like when, when I'm training, um, you know, whatever numbers showing up on the screen or whatever weight I'm lifting, I'm, I'm imagining my competitors, you know, pulling faster or lifting more weight or going unbroken when I have to break. So, you know, I'm, I'm creating these insecurities of, you know, uh, you know, so-and-so wouldn't be putting the bar down. So-and-so would be pulling a 135. He wouldn't be pulling a 137. Um, you know, I'm imagining all my competitors beating me at everything. But at the same time, when I'm on the rower, you know, I'm, I'm telling myself, I'm like, nobody has bigger lungs than you. Nobody has a better VO2 max. I don't know. I've never measured my lungs. I've never measured my VO2 max, but I'm telling myself these things to build this confidence that, that anything is possible. Like I am, the most capable. So then, then it only relies on the effort I'm putting in. I have no physical limitations. It's just what I'm willing to put my body through. And then same thing on when I'm competing, when I get corralled up, when, you know, when they call, all right, men's heat four, let's go. All right. So-and-so you're this lane, Matt, you're in this lane and you get corralled like a horse. And, and that's when the insecurities were big, you know, um, you know, dry heaving before every event because I'm just so scared of what's going to happen. And then walking out on the floor, you know, as I'm going out on the floor, I'm telling myself like you, like nobody can touch you, you know? So once again, it's only coming down to the effort that I put in I'm telling myself I'm physically capable of doing, of winning. Um, So, you know, it's finding that fine balance between, you know, keeping yourself insecure. So you never rest on your laurels, but then also having the confidence to go into something full tilt, and uh, be willing to push the pace and put up with that pain. 
So I guess the reason I made that jump and, and you can maybe clarify this is when you got hurt, when you fell off the, uh, obstacle course wall rope thing yeah, and you got hurt and you said, I didn't even tell O'Keefe or Sammy cause I didn't want them to look at me differently through that weekend. Yep. Was it that you were afraid they were going to look at you like you were hurt and you didn't want that to enter into your, your mindset? Yeah, you know that 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 situation's come up uh, a couple times. So, so like e- even one year at the games uh, when I was stretching, I uh, I tore my LCL. So in one of my knees, you know, I was stretching. You know, I don't know an hour before the event or something. You know, just getting the body moving, and there was this loud pop out of one of my knees, and it, all of a sudden I was just doing a pigeon stretch, and then all of a sudden, you know, there was a couple more inches of movement, and I immediately like stood up, and I was like oh shit, what happened? And, and I, I don't think I told anyone, you know, I, um, you know, I didn't want to tell the medical team to get it checked out because in case they medically pull me, um, same as the cargo net, um, you know, one of, one of the guys in the competition came up and he just started grabbing my body because Vellner's over there getting examined. Um, you know, he's, uh, bleeding out of his lungs a little bit. And, uh, and so, you know, they're looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, nothing, nothing's wrong. And, and, you know, he just started grabbing my body and squeezing things. And I was like, the hell are you doing? And he was, he was trying to find a sore spot to see if I flinched, um, you know, if something was damaged and, uh, and I'm just sitting there like, please don't touch my hip, please don't touch my hip. And he didn't. Um, yeah. And that was literally just like, I want to keep the confidence. I, I want the other people around me to still believe the confidence, you know, uh, through my whole competitive career. One, one of the rules that I wrote down was like, always act like you're an ideal situation. You know, like when you look at someone that's, um, you know, going through some adversity, going over some obstacle, you, you know, I was trying to analyze like what about how that person handles that situation um, was admirable. And one of the things that I realized was, oh, they're always acting like good. This is a good thing. Let's, and then finding the silver lining or always just putting on a brave face. And even though they're you know, they're in the dumps, like they don't know how they're going to overcome this obstacle. They're still keeping this optimism. They're still keeping this confidence, knowing that I will overcome the situation. And so I want to keep that for myself. And I know like I draw so much strength from the people around me that I didn't want um, every time I saw Sammy during that week of the games, her being like, Hey, how's your hip? Hey, how, how you doing? Like your knee. Okay. Um, I didn't, I never wanted that in my mind that, you know, that I had a weak point. Um, and then, you know, the other big thing was that I didn't, I didn't want word getting out, uh, you know, to the medical team that, you know, there was an injury and that I should be medically pulled or anything like that. So just put on a brave face and keep, keep carrying on as if you're in like the perfect situation. So the big question is, O'Keefe, how well does Matt hide those things? Hmm. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, he is, uh, he, I mean, I, I mean, I think I've said this plenty of times before I've never been around forget about just athletics, but business athletics, anybody more focused on what the task at hand is immediately in front of his face and, you know, what his overall goals are. So, I mean, every one of those scenarios, I'm smiling as he's saying it. Like, I think the knee situation, he came up to me and was like, listen, something just happened to my knee. You're not going to mention it again this weekend. And I'm like, cool. Like I, you know, we're so far along at that point where, you, you know, we, I knew exactly what he was saying. You know, um, might be hurt, but like we're gonna do what we always do, which is we're just gonna focus on what the next workout is. But man, he, um, I mean, it was so much fun to be a part of all of that because, you know, um, it's easy to be, you know, focused and you know, my, you know, and and you know, um, you know, sort of thrive in that environment because Matt was so focused and you know thrived on what the immediate goal was. And it was, um, you know, it was such a privilege, honestly, like he just, um, I can't describe it. You know, I've been around so many competitors, particularly in this space, but I'm such a big sports fan. I mean, I'd put his, you know, um, you know, fortitude, you know, his focus, um, his energy towards his goal against literally anything and anybody. Um, he, he is, uh, one of one. See, this is why I don't do mobility. So so when, when, when I, when I tore that ligament in my knee, I obviously knew something happened and, you know, there's a loud pop 
and and then a bunch of extra mobility i'm like okay that's not good and you know i put i put my foot down and nothing really hurt you know there was something different but nothing hurt i did a couple air squats and i was like okay you know that that feels fine and then i remember picking my leg up out to the side a little bit and my knee bent the wrong way it just drooped in Mm -hmm. so i held my leg up to the side and then like my thigh and then my calf just went straight down and I remember shaking it side to side and it looked like, like when you do like that pencil trick where it looks like your pencils made of rubber and my, my knee is bending the wrong way. And you know, there's like, I don't know, 15 degrees of slack either direction. And I tried flexing my quad and doing it and it's still shaking. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And I, I remember uh, calling my mom. So my mom's a, was a family physician at the time and, you know, called her. I'm like, I need you now. I need you to come check out my knee. And, uh, and, you know, she, she's going through the whole test to see if, you know, it's ACL, MCL, whatever it is. And, and she was like, how'd you do it? And I was like, I'm stretching. And she was like, okay, it's impossible to tear your own ligament. Um, like you cannot stretch the point of tearing your own ligament. And she was like, you maybe strained it, you know? So now it's a little bit looser. There's a little bit of slack, but you're fine. And then, uh, once the competition was done, uh, she goes, Oh yeah, you definitely tore your own ligament. Like you definitely tore that in your knee. You need to go get a, uh, like an MRI to see what it is specifically. But, but, you know, she, she was right on the same plane as me of, uh, no, no, you're fine. Go out there. And then, uh, and then she was like, Oh yeah, you definitely tore it. <laughs> That's stuff. that stuff's so interesting. Cause I think to be in Matt's camp, you know, over the, the course of his career, every moment you know he was looking for you know eighth of a percentage point quarters halves wherever he could grab some real estate and everybody around him got bought into that or they were out honestly like it was just you know and it, you know that might sound harsh but truly you know in my role in competition with him would be you know i was hyper aware of that where it was like you know if he said something to me you know it was like you know hypnosis you know it was buy-in immediately because I just, you know, I can go back to like, you know, he's doing things on a Tuesday that he thinks might be that quarter percent, you know, in, you know, April that are going to contribute to this end goal. So, you know, hearing, you know, that about his mom, I'm smiling because, you know, you know, she was a part of it. Everybody was, everybody knew that uh, one thing said, you know, maybe a little off color or in the wrong direction could be a deviation from that. We were all bought into that. And, and those were Matt's rules. And we, you know, we all were in on it, abide by it, and bought into it. Well, if you have not read Matt's book, his mother has overcome a lot of things to compete in her sport over her career. So the apple did not fall far from the tree. Yeah, it did <laughs> not. It did not. And, and she'd be probably the most inter- interesting interview in the space. <laughs> yes. We'll take that note. Yes. Yeah. So the one thing I wanted to kind of get into as well is the book is a lot about your strategies. Um, It's not a autobiography by any means. It is a very, very meticulous book about your strategies and how to do workouts. We had Brent Fikowski on right the week after the book came out. And he was saying, why do they call me the professor? Everything I'm reading in here is the stuff I get accused of thinking about too much and here's the five-time champ doing it as well. Yeah. Um, you know, through, through, uh, through my whole career, you know, um, I've, uh, I've gotten to listen to, you know, the narratives that get put out for each athlete and, you know, the commentators, you know, thoughts on every athlete. And uh, it was one of those things that, you know, I heard all the time of like, oh, you know, these other athletes analyze these workouts so much. Um, and then, you know, I heard a lot of me, you know, oh, you know, he just relies on his fitness. He just goes, he doesn't think it through. He doesn't think of the consequence of this or that. And then even some things that I did on the competition floor that people are like, Ooh, that's a mistake. And yeah, if, um, you know, depending on what my end goal is, um, you know, it determines whether I want to speak up or just let them keep that narrative going. And the best analogy I came up with was, um, you know, I heard a story of, you know, a young kid, um, on a walk home every day from school and he gets bullied for, and these older kids are talking about how stupid he is. 
and you know they hold out a nickel and a dime and he the one bully's like hey guys watch this watch how dumb he is holds out a nickel and a dime his hand it goes which one's worth more and the kid takes the nickel and then everyone has a good laugh the kid walks home ever done and it happens day after day and uh finally the young kid's father said to him like hey why do you let them keep picking on you You know the dime is worth more and he just goes yeah but if i take the dime i'll stop i'll stop getting a nickel every single day <laughs> and so that's how i looked at uh you know this poor narrative that got put out about me or you know these commentators you know talking about how i i don't you know knit grit meticulize analyze every single thing that's happening in a workout um because I didn't want other competitors to catch on. I wanted them to think like, ah, oh, he's not even thinking this through. He's just fitter than all of us. When, when I know damn well, like, no, like a lot of these points that I'm gaining are because I'm focusing on these hyper, hyper details. Um, you know, one, one example, like we started at one end of a football field, we had to run underneath the rig and there was like a 20 foot rope climb. So we had to run over the pads for the rope climbs, past the rope climbs out the other end zone and then go uh run a mile or something and so as i'm running all of our lanes are determined and so as i'm running out um i had a towel with me to dry off my hands in between rope climbs and i ran past the rope climb and everyone else drops their towel right at their rope and then carries on well i got to the far end zone you know so i'm 50 meters away from from my rope climb and then i dropped my towel and I remember the commentator at the time saying like, Ooh, that was a silly mistake from Matt. Like he forgot to drop his rope and now it's 50 meters away. And in my head, I'm like, no, I'm going to multitask. I put it at the end zone. So as I'm running back in, I can pick it up. I can dry my hands as I'm running to the rope. And then when I approach the rope, I'm ready to go. And, you know, the commentators, the narrative was that I'm forgetful that I made a mistake. And then in my head, I'm like, no, I thought this through better than everyone else. When they get to the rope, they have to stop, dry their hands, and then they can start the rope while I'm drying my hands while I'm running. So, you know, that that's just like one little tiny example. But why would I correct them? Because now, then everybody's going to start thinking that way and dropping their towel or their chalk away from their implement when they know they have to run by it. So, you know, simple things like that, you know, there was no stone left unturned. You know, I'm you know, certain workouts, I'm making sure to pick a lane in the shade versus, uh, versus in the sunlight, you know, these tiny, tiny little details um, to just try to get an advantage. And I'm sure 99 out of 100 times I did it, it didn't make a difference. But then there's that one time in 100 that, that you know, it bumps you up, you know, two spots on the leaderboard. And that has potential to be 12 points. And by the end of the weekend, 15 events, that adds up. Do you, do you feel like, Matt, you apply that to other things in your life as well? Um, yes, yes. To like a grocery fault. shopping or, you know, does that become uh, like a thing for you I, like it does for me? Uh, this is kind of embarrassing. I haven't been to a grocery store in years. <laughs> I bet. Um, but but you yes. You have a Sammy for that. <laughs> um, I, I too, it's become a thing, especially now that I've stepped away from competing. Um you know, I'm always, I'm always trying to look 10 steps ahead. Um, and, and in certain situations, it's a huge help. And, you know, I'm able to uh, avoid some problems that, you know, I saw coming a mile away. But on the other hand, you know, it's sometimes I, I just want to be able to just live in the moment. And uh, so, you know, I, I'm still in the, in the, in the realm of trying to find that happy medium of like times that it's appropriate to, you know, try to analyze a situation and think of the hundred things that could go wrong or, you know, the hundred ways I could make it better. Uh, but then also having the ability to just, you know, enjoy my life in the moment. Right. You become Dad, not how... the fun guy at the gym when you, when you do it every time, right. We're yeah. just trying to get a workout in. Yeah. How, how put you my do... water bottle down. How you do anything is how you do everything. Right. Matt is the epitome. This of is, that. this is true. Yeah. It's very, true. very rarely do you find someone that's successful in one area and then isn't successful in other aspects of life. Um, you know, I, I try to apply that to any, anything I'm doing. I want I want to make sure I'm, I'm giving, giving my best, you know, uh, you know, so when, when it was my sports career, that's what I focused on. But then I also have other things. Like I have a home life. I have, I have a life partner. I have a work life, you know? And so it's always trying to do, do everything 
to to the top level. It's funny to watch what's going on with us in our lives now, and particularly Matt's, you know, taking on a coaching role. And I feel like that's the, you know, it's the thing that is most um, obvious to him, but that is not the most obvious to most people in general. And I think it's the thing that probably if I was analyzing what he might struggle most with as a coach is that, which is kind of like, this seems so easy and obvious to me. And it's a, it's a learned behavior um, that, you know, I know that he, especially in athletics executed with perfection is just, you know, that, you know, how you do things, whether it's, you know, in the moment of you maybe training for a single task, um, but how you do other things can contribute to that. And I think he's teaching that, you know, now, which is really fun to watch, Um, you know, to people that, you know, not to say some of the people that he works with don't get some of that. um, But it's just, it's really interesting because like some of these things, like I would say Matt grasped that before he grasped most things in his life. You know, he just like, you know, really understood that, you know, good behavior, repetitive behavior was the key to maybe his long-term success was just becoming routine and really, you know, um, you know, emulating uh, how he wanted to in those big moments in his athletics uh, in the rest of his life. But uh, it's been fun to watch, you know, how he's taking that on with the next generation, you know, those that, that we're working directly with. So it's really fun stuff. That that's a nice segue because you know, when Matt, Matt came on, he was this young brash kid out of the Northeast who was very different than the established athletes that were there. But it comes to find out you were, you were as smart and as methodical as anybody in the sport. When did you start planning for your post-athletic career? Because my guess is it was a lot earlier than people think. So... So through through my whole career, um, you know, I never planned on having much of a career after I retired. You know, my my goal was to uh, to execute on on the opportunity that I had, so that so that if I chose to do nothing and I wanted to just sit on a porch and watch sunsets, I could. Um, and you know, O'Keefe always was like, he's like don't worry, you're going to be busy in retirement. Like you're going to have a lot of projects. And I always kind of like, I don't know. Like, I I don't know if that's going to be a thing. And then um, it was, you know, so I tried, I I had made an attempt at retiring in 2019. um, And then, you know, I got, I got convinced to do one more season. And, and so basically through the whole 2020 season, I knew it was my last. And, and I don't do well with idle hands. So, you know, I wanted to make sure to have projects lined up in retirement. Um, you know, how substantial they were, I had, I had no idea what they would turn into. But yeah, my last year of competing, I, I made sure to get a couple ducks in a row so that I could, uh, you know, keep myself busy uh, once, once I knew I was done, done training to compete. Can you, uh, sorry to interrupt, can you talk a little bit about 2019 and your maybe plans to retire and how that didn't pan out if you're comfortable talking about it. Yeah. So, so, you know, finished, finished the competition and just kind of went, whew, all right, like, whew, did it. Um, you know, I looked at that as like, okay, nobody else has more medals than me. I have four golds and two silver. So, you know, I fittest man in history. Um, and, and I remember talking, talking to a friend after and he's like, Hey, so like, you know, this may be the week, week after the games I'm sitting, I'm sitting on my dock, just having, having a cup of coffee, watching sunrises, living the good life. And, uh, and my buddy called me and said, Hey, so like, what's the plan for training? You know, when do you want to get back into it? What sanctional or yeah. Sanctionals at the time, what sanctional do you want to hit? When do you want to you know start training? Like everything that went into it. And I was like, I was like, Oh no, I'm not training anymore. I'm, I'm retired. And he just went, Oh, okay. And then, you know, we finished up our conversation and then we hung up and then, uh, you know, maybe five minutes later, I get a phone call from O'Keefe and I'm like, Oh, all right, this isn't a coincidence. And I know like we, Samuel O'Keefe and I always joke, uh, and we call it code, like co-dating. And I know anytime Sammy sees me upset, she'll call O'Keefe and be like, Hey, give Matt a ring. And, uh, and so this, this friend called, called O'Keefe. And I could tell that, that he had called him because 
when, when I picked up the phone, I was like, Hey, what's going on, man. And he always, whenever he knows there's something going on, he does the, Hey buddy, how you doing? <laughs> and so when, when he did that, I was like, they called you, didn't they? And he goes, yep. Like they're a little concerned. You know, they didn't know you were planning on retiring. want to make sure that you're, you know, in a good mental space while you're making this decision. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm good. I'm great. And, uh, and then O'Keefe was like, Hey man, based by the end of conversation, he's like, he's like, if you don't go for a fifth, I think you'll regret it in time. And, uh, and so sure enough, you know, I was like, yeah, fuck, you're right. (laughs) And so, so I put in a whole nother year of training and then, uh, and then, you know, it starts coming, getting closer and closer to the games. Then, fucking COVID happened and delays and cancellations. And I was, I'm like, Oh my God, if, if I did this whole year of training for nothing, oh, I'm going to be livid. Um, <laughs> Cause I was like, if they cancel the games, which they had every right to, nobody really would have questioned it. Um, you know, am, am I willing to go through a whole nother year of this and keep putting everything in my life on hold? Um, so, yeah, you know, it was, it was O'Keefe that, you know, kind of, talked me out of uh, the retirement after four. Yeah. And what a picture perfect year it ended up being, right? I mean, that, that experience you had with Tia at the ranch, you know, with just the 10 competitors had to have been, you know, something you will obviously remember forever. You know, it was, it was really one of my most enjoyable games experiences um, because it was such a small group. You know, usually when there's 40 competitors, you just get on the bus, you talk to the one person that your buddies with or familiar with, um, and you kind of, you just hang out with a smaller, smaller little group of friends. Um, but that year, you know, we're on, we're on a full size bus getting commuted around and it's the same five, the same five dudes every time. So, you know, you, you get to spend a lot more time with each of them. Um, you know, it was, it was a really enjoyable experience. So, you know, I'm very, very glad that, you know, the, the people in power did what they did, um, you know, went through the, the extent that they had to. Uh, to make it happen. To make it happen, yeah. And if you had retired in 2019, you would not have gotten to experience one of the most cringeworthy moments, I think, of your career at Strength and Depth when the crowd sang happy birthday to you. Do you remember (laughs) that? I remember that vividly. I Uh, felt so bad for you when I was watching it live. I'm thinking he wants to just crawl in a hole and disappear right now. Yes. Um, (laughs) Standing out in a crowd is um, like not enjoyable for me, Um, you know, and so then to have 6,000 people singing happy birthday. Oh, my God, that was terrifying. Uh, But, you know, once we got away from it, you know, it ended up being a very special moment. I'm like, how many people have this? have this opportunity in their lifetime. And then, and then on top of it too, like looking one step past it of like, okay, someone, someone in my life, someone that's special to me took the time to, you know, make that happen. Uh, So, you know, there's been a couple, couple moments like that through my career where, you know, the actual act itself um, wasn't like the really heartwarming part. It was the fact that I knew someone that loved me went out of their way without telling me to do this Mm -hmm. really nice gesture um, so, you know, I've had a couple of those and I'll, I'll, I'll remember those like the back of my hand for the rest of my life. Well, before you jump off, Matt, um, and there, I, I've got so many notes and we're not going to get to half of them, but cat, it, it just me, it just means I need to come back. That's yes, it. That's there it. you go. So cat was an early adopter of HWPO. Yes. And she has some really cool stories about having to, <laughs> having to deal with the original app and how, yeah. how much you took the time out personally. And I want her to share that and talk to you about that. Yeah, so I was, uh, I was an early adopter and uh, had some issues, said like some billing date issues or something. And you and I were DMing each other on Instagram. Oh, really? Oh yeah, and you were actually responding to my, to my DMs. And I was showing <laughs> everyone like, look, Matt, he's talking to me. Um, yeah, we, we had to get a few things sorted um, and then Scott and I used to work at uh, the morning chalk up for a little while and we had gotten access to the West Coast Classic. Was it West Coast Classic? Yeah. Yep. Um, and I had to get, I had to come up to your suite to get um, newspaper signed for Justin. 
LaFranco. You remember when the morning chocolate yes, printed yes, yes. newspapers? And so I went up and, you know, I said, hi, I need to get these, you know, things signed. It felt really stupid. And I left and I thought, darn it, I should have talked to him about, you know, hard work pays off or the app or something like yeah. all that stuff. And I, you know, sort of missed my opportunity. And then there was an opportunity at the games where I was behind the media and you guys were in the VIP area, you and Sammy. And we got to chat again a little bit about the training and how helpful you were. And I said, you know, something like, isn't it great when you have to deal with customers, you know, because that's got to be a new experience for you. But the fact that you did that on your own, you know, shows a lot about how you care about what you're putting out there. And it's, you know, a testament to everything you do. And I don't know, I'm a, I'm a, I own an affiliate here and I have bought a bunch of different programs just because I'm curious about what's out there, you know, in the atmosphere and yours, there's no other program where the person that created it is spending so much time with the people that are using it to explain everything. I mean, everything I it's, I don't know how you do it and I don't know when you find the time to do anything else. But um, it's quite remarkable, and thank I just, you. I think it's awesome. That 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 means a lot because you know we we put in so much time and effort behind the scenes that um, you know, and I, I can I can see the argument or the you know the the commentary from both sides of people, you know, they're like, hey, stop talking, just give me the programming and let me let me hit it, you know, and then I've. I've had a lot of people talk about, you know, in the flagship program, I have a daily video and it's anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes of me talking through. And that is, um, you know, it, it demands a lot of time and it's, it's perpetual, you know, it's not just a one-time thing and then put it on a loop. It's every day of training, you know, like, um, like I have one sheet here that, before I do the videos, I go through and I look at previous weeks of training and I put in notes of like, all right, you know, we're changing this rep scheme. We're, we're increasing weight here, there. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, it, it demands a lot of time, but I think it's, it's, it's targeted towards that long, long-term success. You know, um, I remember when I was training, a coach would give athletes a workout and with no explanation. And then the athletes are getting two completely different results on the workout. And, and I knew how important intent and information was for workouts. And, and so half of it was, all right, I want the athletes to get the most out of their training. And so I want to explain every single piece of it so that they're hitting it correctly. But then also selfishly, I'm like, no, I want them to have the best experience. I want them to see more and more progress on, on my training so that they enjoy the training more. So it's a benefit for them. And it's a benefit for me in the long term. of if, if you're doing the same program for six months and you never see a PR, you know, you just feel like you're running around the gym with a chicken with its head cut off. Well, that's not good for anyone. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to over provide information if the athlete wants it, if they, if they don't want it, you don't even need to watch the video. You can just jump right into your training and go about your day. Um, but yeah, you know, try and, and then, and then with the customer service side too, um, you know, just trying to do the right thing, like putting myself in, in your situation. And like, I am incredibly frugal. Like I account every dime that leaves my bank account. And, and when you're on a subscription, like that's a good chunk of money. And if, if somebody's working a regular nine to five, that, that's a, it's not just a, you know, forgettable expense. It's 40 bucks a month. That's, hard-earned money and so i want to make sure that you know they're happy with it not only with the programming the service that they're receiving but then also that interface that interaction too um because i i've been in that situation where you have terrible customer service and now not only do you cancel that subscription but now you have a sour taste in your mouth about it because you're like oh i got taken advantage of they ripped me off whatever it is and so i'm always trying to pretend like like i'm the customer and i know like if if i'm spending 40 dollars a month on a subscription like I want to make sure I'm happy with it because that's, that's hard earned money. People worked hard for that and they're expecting, you know, a great product. And so I want to try to make sure that not only is the programming the best, the information is the best, but then also the customer support. And so, um, you know, it, it gets tough with, uh, with how many DMS come through, but, but if I okay. catch something where I can be a, be of service to somebody, uh, I try to make, try to insert myself where, where I should. 
Is that one of the reasons that you have moved now to your own app is that you have now more control over all of those, those pieces and make sure that you're giving a better product and better customer service uh, to those subscribers? Short answer. Yes. Um, you know, not, we, we wanted to have control for, for a couple different aspects. Um, you know, before we were, we were very limited on what we were able to do in terms of expanding. Um, and, and we wanted, we wanted to create a platform that, you know, where we basically overbuilt it, you know, we could, we could have built half the app that we have and it would have done the job for what we currently have. But, but I, I'm looking at where, where we are right now as just a starting point. Um, you know, I, I really hope that over the next, you know, months, years, um, that we, that we expand. So we wanted to overbuild the app so that we had the capabilities of any opportunity that came our way, any service that we want to be able to provide, we already have the platform. So then we're not constantly putting additions on this house. No, we built more space than we need more capabilities than we need right now, knowing that we hope to fill that at some point. Um, but then we also wanted to have, have the control. So instead of you know, calling somebody at a different company than them having to talk to the programmers. It's I, I log in on the back end, or you know, one of the other coaches logs in on the back end, and we can boop, 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 done. So you know, initially when we launched, we, we had to load in over over a year of programming for the flagship program, and, uh, and you know, where you have to type in every single letter, every piece of code to do it, and and so there's obviously going to be mistakes made. You know, there's you know, you know, half dozen pieces of training on every day of training. And now there's 365 days of it. You're going to have a couple typos. And so, you know, thankfully a lot of the members, you know, we, we said like, Hey, DM us or, you know, on, um, on circle, you communicate with us if you find a mistake or see something that's obviously a mistake. So, you know, a back squat rep where it's supposed to be a double at 75% and it's listed as a back squat at 275%. Somebody can chime in and be like, hey, on day 104, there's there's a typo. And then within 30 seconds, we can have it fixed. You know, it's not like going through the chain of command to find the person that can do it. We can step in and do it ourselves. What I think is awesome is your illustrations and your are so similar to O'Keefe's. Like when we talk to him, build the big house, make sure you plenty of room. You know, it's, yeah, it's spent, like you, you guys are enough definitely time singing out of the same hymn book. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and I heard that, that well, you, oh, sorry. Okay. You might be looking to add an affiliate um, program to that, to the platform as well. Um, I'd like to send my resume in for that. Please. Absolutely. So send I mean, me, send me your I mean, this, yeah, this is a, you know, the affiliate programming, it's the type of thing where um, I'm, I'm sure like I've, I've taken part in classes. I've been a part of an affiliate, you know? Um, and so I know a lot of the stuff that goes into it. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, well, that's not my place. I don't own the affiliate. I don't coach classes that often. Um, and so, you know, th there's going to be things that come up that wouldn't even cross my mind as a potential problem because I'm not dealing with that day to day. It's not what I'm familiar with. You know, the programming I'm familiar with is well-rounded when, you know, you're, you, you're not running with training partners. You're not having to worry about sharing equipment, you know, like all this stuff. Right. So like the competition side, the flagship flagship side, that's my bread and butter. Um, but then even something like sweat where, you know, that wasn't the training that I did. So, you know, I have, a, I could step in if somebody, if uh, while Sammy or Jake is programming, they're like, Hey, they have to call out sick. Yeah, I can step in. I want to make sure that I can do every single job if needed same as programming. You know, I'm not a programmer, but I want to learn enough that if there's an emergency or somebody calls out sick, I can fill, fill that void. Um, and so it's the same thing with certain pieces of programming, like sweat. That's what Sammy does every day. That's her bread and butter. That's what she enjoys. Um, and so, you know, she took the reins on that. Um, so with affiliate programming, I'm like, ah, I could do it, but I'm not the right person for it. I, I want to make sure that you know, if we do this, it's well thought out. We put the right people in place. Um, and so, you know, it's something that, you know, with the whole transition kind of got put on the back burner. We're like, all right, let's get what we have up and running. And then we're going to start looking to, uh, to do that as well. So, yeah, I mean, send your resume in. We, we, we want to get this going. Uh, it's just a matter of finding the right person. We do have, we have a number of affiliates <clears throat> following HWPO today using either the flagship track or 60 track. 
um, and just, you know, making it work for their affiliate. Um, it is definitely something on the right. Like what Matt's speaking to is, is our ethos, which is we're never going to add anything that we don't feel like we're the expert in, whether it's, yeah. you know, what, you know, swimming, you know, NFL football, like whatever it is that we're going to start to speak to, it's going to be clear that, you know, clearly done with somebody that's expert in that field. We understand movement. I think Matt personally, from my opinion, could program anything. If you tell him what an offensive lineman needs to do on the right side of, a, of an offensive line, teach him the movement. He'll be like, okay, I think I know how to get this guy trained properly to be the best at what he is. But, you know, we, we, we want to clearly work with people that are expert in fields and the affiliate track side of it would be probably the most we'd want to find somebody that is, you know, really authentic to that. And that actually is in the day to day. Yeah. And well, it's Matt. just like the training that you've done, right? I mean, Matt, you bring in all these experts, you know, for swimming and, and, and biking and running and sprinting and all yeah. that. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's the exact same, like how you do anything, it's how you do everything. And, you know, uh, so, I mean, not only making sure that we have the best product for, for the customer, for the athletes, but then also making sure that the validity is there, you know, I'm not, yeah, I can get up on stage and say like, Hey, I know how to program Olympic weightlifting. Like I'm a three-time school age national champion, junior national champion, lived at the Olympic training center. But then at the same time, it's like, all right, but let's find somebody that, you know, this is their bread and butter. This is what they do day in, day out. Find somebody that's passionate about that, that single modality. Um, because very rarely do you find somebody that's incredible at what they do and they don't enjoy talking about it. So, you know, finding that person that's equally passionate about that single modality, that single track, so that, you know, when they're having to answer questions, they know the material like the back of their hand, they know how to scale, they know the proper substitutions, um, but then they're they're excited to talk about it as well. Well, Matt, I, kn I know we've kept you five minutes long. Um, and so if you need to, sh to jump off, I want to yeah. give you that opportunity and respect your time. We'd love to Perfect. have you back, though. Absolutely. Yeah, let's get let's get something in the books. Okay, cool. All right, guys. Yeah. Have a good one. So I got to, I got to jump too. Sorry. I got to coach a class. Bye. Keith. Go. Good to see you. See you. So Keith, my, my question to you is, are you <clears throat> going to do the erg only track? <laughs> you, I, I'm a, I'm a tester of all uh, at this point, not, not a programmer of any, but I, um, yeah, it, it, there's room for any of that. I think that uh, we, we have such a machine heavy approach in most of our tracks. Matt's most expert there. Trust me. Uh, I learned all I know from him, but I've been, I've tested 60 cause I think there was a component at which we thought that might be a nice focused track for masters level athletes. Um, and I'm spending most of my time doing sweat now, uh, which is awesome. It's like perfect for what I'm looking for. That's cool. So you moved over for C from, to be CEO. I definitely want to address that as well. So you are no longer with Loud and Live. You are now with HWPO. You've said that this is because it, it brings you closer to your family, closer to mm -hmm. the, that little circle that you have. How has it been in the first month or so that you've been with HWPO? Man, it's been it's been amazing. I, I um I've had a lot of those questions this week. I think a lot, you know, a lot of people have seen me settle in and you know, we've gotten through our launch and you know, I probably was not as responsive through our launch because it was just such chaos, you know, getting people from point A to B. Um, man, I gotta like pinch myself to, you know, realize it's real at this point. Um I feel home, like I, I'm working with, you know, I've always worked with great people. Don't get me wrong, just, you know, the, the Loud and Live side, the, the owners are friends, will continue to be, I'll continue to support. Um, you know, I have a beautiful history there and, and a lot of fondness for, for them as people and a lot of gratitude for what I got to do. This is just, you know, I think um, I told somebody recently, this is what I've been working towards. You know, I get to, uh, work with people I love most on a daily basis that I'm more aligned with than anything, you know, um, you know, I think a lot, you know, similar to Matt, um, you know, we do a lot of nodding when each other is talking and, uh, that dictate, you know, that, that translates to a great formula for success with our business. Um, you know, we've worked really hard together on this, you know, him and his brand and, you know, this brand HWPO, and what this could look like, 
Um, and, you know, it makes a lot of sense for me to take that next step and be a part of it. It's been amazing, honestly. And I get to still work with athletes. Um, you know, we, we brought that piece over. Daniel is with me helping on that. I'm, um, I think I'm like, you know, like I said, you know, just now in somebody, you know, I said to somebody earlier this week is just, you know, this is really what I feel like I've been working towards. It's, um, it's a really good spot for me. Um, you know, and I've got more balance now. Um, not all the balance. I don't think there's any such thing as balance and success, but, um, yeah, I'm incredibly happy. That's great. How, how's your fitness level since you've moved into this role? Yeah, <laughs> it's always fluctuating. It's, uh, we just had a weekend and the buttery bros were in town for quarterfinals and it's always a unique opportunity for me to sling crap with Marston and Heber and do some workouts and uh, it's good. It's all, you know, I, I like, I find the time at a minimum to move and I've gotten really good at um, being efficient with, you know, at least getting something in. Um, and now just, you know, obviously being in that business now, I have a lot of access to things that I, you know, can speak to whatever I need to you know use that day, whether it's just a quick workout or, you know, maybe it's something a little less equipment and it's just moved my body, but, um, it's good. You know, I'm, I'm still on a, a journey with fitness. I'm not, um, you know, looking at any destination, which is what I've become most comfortable with. I used to train for a purpose um, for, you know, something that I might be competing in, or, you know, I'd have, you know, specific goals. I don't have specific goals other than to be healthy and be the best CEO of HWPO and dad. And, um, those I found, I found a lot of uh, peace with that. You know, it just, I'm a better person when I work out on a daily basis. Um, and that to me gets me to work out every day. Cause you know, I, I, I have, now data that tells me then shows me that I'm better. So uh, I'm fit. You know, I always will be because I'll never let that go. Um, it just, you know, what I can do on a daily basis fluctuates really. Like some weeks, like last week I was with those guys, which offers an opportunity for me to work out more. You know, Match Gym is fully equipped. It's a lot easier. Um, I have a lot of equipment here, but it's harder at home. You know, my kids have practice and school and so I find, you know, myself jumping on a C2 bike for maybe 20 minutes and doing some burpees as more of the regular here than it is uh, when maybe I'm, I'm, I'm up in Vermont. Yeah, I know when, when I'm on the road, it's so hard to, to get into that routine on the road. Um, so it's been nice that it's been a break from the end of January till it'll be May before I'm on the road again and getting into the gym consistently makes me so much happier. It, it does. You know, it's funny. I find like, I also now can look at what's on the horizon and realize like I, I the, the reality is like going through a Wadapalooza, you know, on the front end of my involvement there, I'd always be like, you know, I'm going to work out through this weekend. You know, that's the best formula for success for me and my team, you know, that I'm, you know, getting to move every day. And it just never happens like there's, you know, not enough hours in the day to even think about that. So I get, you know, I, you know, I get situations that come up, like we've got a lot of travel coming up and I prepare for that because it, you know, it helps me with all the travel. I know I'm going to be a regular with my workouts. So I sort of get in shape to do things that I'm not necessarily going to use that fitness um, applicably, but it does indirectly affect my success on that side. So, you know, that's sort of, you know, my marathons and my races and my competitions now are. I prepare for things to not compete uh, necessarily on a floor, but maybe just, you know, with the job I'm doing or whatever I'm going to do. So now that Matt's coaching, you used to be his like coach band, wherever you'd go. Right now he's coaching other athletes. Are, do you play the same role with Matt during the weekend that his athletes are performing? Yeah, it's interesting. This weekend was, um, well, we had a little bit in the open, you know, but that's, you know, you know, a lot of people in, I think, the greater CrossFit community don't, uh, I mean, those guys are competing in the open, but even less now, like they're competing that moment. Like it's not a lot of thought for them to get through the open at this point. The open had more weight in the past at different times, but um, without that second layer before the regionals, it did take on a bigger um, level of importance to those guys that they performed than it does today. So, you know, I saw this last weekend, I got, you know, to really realize, you know, what my role might be in sort of some of the stuff that's going on now with HWPO and his coaching relationships. And it is, um, he's, um, he's got all the tools. He's a great coach. 
And I think it's, you know, what something I spoke to earlier is maybe just some reminders at times that people aren't him, um, which is hard, you know, for him to understand sometimes. But I think he really learned a lot about himself, even the first day this weekend, which is like, hey, you know, this is a journey, you know, I'm dealing with an 18 year old that's newer. And then, you know, Jason, who was a far this weekend and Jake, those guys are younger competitors. And that, you know, a lot of my work isn't, you know, X's and O's physical, it's mental, you know, and really helping them understand all the work he did, you know, for eight years to tune his mind. So, yeah, I mean, I see myself just as someone that can be there to remind him, um, of, you know, what it, what it was for me to go through what he's now going through. And he's doing a lot of that where he's like, man, I just had no idea what this was like for you. It's exhausting. And, you know, um, I, you know, he always had respect, but he's like, my respect level has gone up on, you know, how calm and cool and collected you are in moments because it's frantic at times. So he's going to be incredible at this yard. He is by the way. Um, and I think, you know, yeah, I'll be there to, you know, help him, um, you know, as he experiences some things that I think are new for him because he's uniquely wired, you know, he's just one of these people that I said earlier, like, you know, some things are matter of fact to that, to him that aren't, to no, aren't, nobody else can sort of, you know, wrap themselves around that and it needs to be learned behavior. So, uh, he's a great teacher has done a phenomenal job with the people that we work with now. And, uh, it's a bright future for him as a coach. Well, you can tell by reading his book that he has that, that gene to be a teacher. The way he explains everything through his book is very much like that. Um, I just think it's cool that you're there to kind of be that shoulder to lean on because you are in his role. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Honestly, I think, um, you know, I played a unique role in that I wasn't his coach, but then became that role in competition which can be very interesting because, you know, I'm not necessarily, you know, I spent a lot of time with Matt at the gym. So it wasn't like I wasn't present and understanding where he was at and, you know, how to help him build confidence around things I've seen in the gym or, you know, things to pay attention to. But it, it, it was unique in a coaching, from a coaching perspective to say like, hey, all year you're sort of like not in that role. And then at the Super Bowl, you're going to be in that role. I'm going to be looking at you for X, Y, and Z, um, which I've always sort of made the analogy to being a caddy. You know, golfers do a lot of their work in silence, and then they get thrust into the masters with this guy that's carrying their bag that's really on the island with them. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, that part of our history, I think I can be really helpful in, you know, our success with athletes because um, I just have a deep understanding of, people and how they act in adversity because I got to sort of see him process that and then contribute to it. Um, you know, and I, I look forward to helping them with that and him, you know, get through that with them. Um, you know, he's again, got all the tools. Um, but you know, we know that the collection of all our sons <laughs> makes up what we think is the best solution for anyone in the business. Um, and, uh, I'm really excited to see how that plays out this year. The games will be, you know, everything will be like a first again, you know, I, I don't, and I think he's really realizing that most, which is like the games are not what he um, has experienced. I think he knows that he's essentially going to be uh, sort of a rookie in his role um, because, you know, as he went through quarterfinals, it's um, he's, you know, he's understanding um, that, you know, he's got to support in ways that he never really needed to pay a whole lot of attention to because he sort of owned his stuff and I owned the stuff that he wanted me to own. So um, it's just a mentality shift that nobody honestly will be better at than him because, you know, when he gets, uh, you know, sort of dealt a hand or a challenge, um, he's shown, uh, you know, to be pretty, uh, successful at that. So I want to finish up with just this little bit. And that is you made an Instagram post. I think it was yesterday where you said, it's so cool. The culture we're building here in Vermont. And I think Sammy responded and said, the culture has been built. We're just adding like-minded people. True. And I thought that that was just like a really cool sentiment of what you guys are building there. And talk about like the Jake Marconis and all the, and, and the media people that you guys have brought on that all fit into this, this little family. Yeah, it, it's, um, 
and what Sammy said is so true. Um, you know, we've had, you know, we have a culture that, you know, we know is tried and true and tested and, you know, how we want um, to, you know, be looked at as a business, as a brand, and, you know, what we want people that invest in us um, to consume and, and become a part of and, and emulate in their life. And so that's, you know, natural to want to find people to help, you know, uh, support that and then, you know, speak to it, whether it's a customer service rep or a developer or, you know, no matter what the role is, we have now 10 employees um, and, you know, each of them have been carefully selected and that we've had experience in history with. Um, I could speak to each of them, um, you know, if we had two hours and tell you how great they are and why they fit our culture so well, you know, Aaron was my personal assistant for two years. has come over and taken on a greater role with us. Um, and she just, you know, has proven over two years that she just works hard. And, um, there's no BS. And, you know, if, it, you know, if, if it's mopped the floor, she does it and she smiles and, you know, there's no like, you know, Hey, can we find somebody else to do that next time? It's just kind of what our culture is. And, we, you know, we don't spit anyone out. It spits anybody out that isn't, you know, sort of really just a hundred percent all in on it. And everybody that's there is for a reason. Um, doesn't matter if they, you know, shoot photos, take videos, produce and edit. Um, they're helping with marketing, uh, servicing clients. Uh, in the end, we all have this common bond around HWPO and, and how that, um, acts and, and lives through you. And, you know, every one of them lives at a hundred percent. It's like, you know, the hardest thing to scale is sometimes culture. Um, but I'm pretty confident in scaling culture with the, you know, with the core group that we have now is what our leadership will look like moving forward. And you guys just hired a new Olympic coach. We, we are, we're, you know, we're talking to somebody about that. We haven't yet done that. Um, we're, I think in the next couple of months, we'll, um, we'll be live with uh, a few huge announcements, uh, um, you know, with uh, some specific programming towards some areas that I speak, speak, you know, tie very well back to CrossFit programming, but they're, you know, you know, um, specific movement based stuff or, you know, um, strength related, whatever, but we're, we're working on and should have some announcements out in May um you know and how we'll expand and service people that you know ba basically all that ties back to feedback you know we have an incredible tribe and you know matt spoke to it with the app about you know where we're at today and where we want to be when pete you know one of the things we will pride ourselves on and we want people to know is that it's just the beginning and if somebody says um you know or you know or many say like i want the this in the app we, we work on it. We are already working on the 2.0 version of, you know, a couple big updates that people have asked for, um, you know, and, and I can't wait for those to come out so people can feel that rather than it just be talk where they're like, wow, I'm getting listened to. The app launch is us listening. People asked for it. They wanted something better, something that completed the experience they were getting on the programming side. And the same will go with coaching. Um, and accessibility to um, more expert knowledge in certain areas. Uh, we, we're finalizing that. I can't wait for that stuff. I, you know, it's so funny. We met last weekend about some business stuff and, and one of it was that, which was, I'm so excited and want to get this out. And we got to be careful um, about how quick we do all of that because we just need to make sure that we're really ready to support it all because it will be very, very well received and set the people that are coming up on for success. Uh, I wish I could even drip it right now. It wouldn't be fair to those people until we sort of get it finalized. But there's, um, they, they, again, you talk about HWPO culture. The people that are coming on next um, have been carefully looked at for a while now since we've decided we would do this on our own um, as next steps. And uh, they could not fit the culture better. Uh, I'm like, it just is going to be something that a lot of people are going to be like, wow, hell yeah. Like that makes perfect sense. And I'm excited to be a part of it. That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you, Matt, uh, for being on, um, your pleasure as always. Um, and thank Matt for us for being on too. He was, he was incredible. I will again. Thanks for, you know, I'm, I'm flattered that I am uh, your most frequent guest. I'm looking forward <laughs> to, to building on that. Yeah. We'll get him back on too, for, to talk some more. Uh, I appreciate you guys letting us, you know, talk about what we have going on. You guys are doing a great job. Keep it rolling. Yeah. And we, and we wanted to make sure to highlight uh, like how good he was with customer service, 
with Kat and, and what she was going through with HWPO because I'm not sure everybody hears those stories. Yeah, it is, you know, he's incredibly engaged. Um, and, you know, and again, you know, um, you know, leadership starts from the top and it's one of those things that, you know, builds incredible accountability within, you know, everybody, including myself in, in the organization. But, you know, Matt, you know, if he's sitting on the couch, you know, messing around a little bit, it's not, you know, he's looking at his DMs, he's very engaged. So uh, we want people to, to be taken care of, you know, it, 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 you know, there's an insane amount of volume sometimes that comes through, um, you know, service stuff's easy for us to tackle, but a lot of people ask a lot of questions and want a personal response. He takes the time. Sometimes it takes a little time because there's so much of it. Um, but Matt's on, you know, our community forum, um, you know, fat, you know, he's form checking people, he's responding. Um, you know, I think, you know, if, if people haven't been a part of this and seen it, it's, um, I think they'd be, um, impressed at how engaged he is. And that is not me logging in as him or someone else. That's him doing work. Uh, he's a tireless worker. Everything he did with athletics, he's doing with business and, um, you know, it's really impressive to watch because honestly, Matt doesn't need to do any of it. You know, Matt has been incredibly successful, enough success that, you know, he probably could just chill out, have a family. Uh, he just has lofty business goals and uh, we're here to help him, you know, pursue them and, and realize them. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Well, thank you, Matt. Thank you, guys. Great to be with you. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.